Good morning. This is Friday, January 10, 2014, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. A very sad Christie extends an apology. Governor's apology offered his way. We hear a news analysis. And $50 billion predicted to end mortgage suits. In today's national headlines, Fallujah's fall stuns Marines who fought there. Two cases raise issue of what to do after the brain dies. And Virginia senator will face a challenger. In today's business headlines, more U.S. economists see a glass half full. SAC trader falsified his grades at Harvard Law. And China's exports grow despite a rapid rise in labor costs. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Trenton, New Jersey. Very sad Christie extends an apology. Kate Zernicki and Mark Santora have the story. In a remarkable day of swirling political drama, Governor Chris Christie on Thursday tried to control the damage from revelations that his administration ordered the revenge closings of traffic lanes at the George Washington Bridge by firing a top aide, cutting ties with a longtime political advisor, and repeatedly apologizing in a nearly two-hour news conference. Sounding somber and appearing contrite, the normally garrulous Christie said he had no advanced knowledge of the lane closings and had been humiliated by the entire episode. I'm a very sad person today, he said. I'm heartbroken that someone I permitted to be in that circle of trust for the past five years betrayed that trust. His emotional news conference unfolded as the United States attorney began an inquiry. The national news media that has so far bathed Christie in a distant, generally positive light descended on his doorstep here with harsh speculation about whether the scandal would hurt his aspirations to be the 2016 Republican nominee for president. In the afternoon, Christie went to Fort Lee, New Jersey, the borough affected by the lane closings, and apologized to Mary Mark Sokolich. Some residents cheered the governor as he arrived, even after his motorcade briefly created yet another traffic jam. During his news conference, Christie said he'd been blindsided by emails made public on Wednesday that showed that staff members Also, his close friends had punished the Democratic mayor of Fort Lee in September by closing entrance lanes to the bridge because he had declined to endorse the governor for re-election. He said he had not realized the gravity of the situation even after officials from the Port Authority, which oversees the bridge, testified last month that the closings had delayed emergency responders and had been done abruptly, secretively, and against protocols. Christie fired Bridget Ann Kelly, the deputy chief of staff who sent an email approving the lane closures. Her deception, he said, led him to mislead the public, but he did so unwittingly. He also asked his two-time campaign manager, Bill Stepien, to step down as a consultant to the Republican Governors Association. Four weeks ago, Christie said he gathered his top staff members and asked if anyone had anything to do with the lane closings. He said he gave them one hour before he publicly denied his staff's involvement. They all reported that there was no information other than what we already knew. I was being led to believe by folks around me that there was no basis to this, he said. I was wrong.